Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. All right, welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Joseph Illich. Joseph is executive editor at Valiant. Previously, he was also the senior editor at Lion Forge, editor in the Batman editorial group at DC Comics, editor at Milestone, and editor at Archaea. Uh, so, Joseph, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Great to be here. I hear that you reside in New York City, where we are also based. Is that true? That is true. I am now sitting in the Flatbush area of Brooklyn, New York. And I imagine you were at New York Comic Con recently with the team? Definitely was. The entire team was out at New York Comic Con. We had a great time. It was a great showing out party for everyone to see what's coming ahead for Valiant. And I think I hit my five-year anniversary of walking away without getting con crud. So for me. Nice. And what is, yeah. you know, what, <laughs> amazing and congrats. What, Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm very happy about it. Um, you know, we're going to dive into your role as an editor and, and your process and kind of your career. But before we get into that, at a Comic-Con, what do the, those four days look like for an editor? So it involves a lot of things, but really availability and communication. So you want to be available to fans existing Valiant fans and fans that you're introducing to Valiant. It's a great opportunity to meet talent that you've worked with but never met face-to-face. So in that case, we had a variety of signings at the booth, and I was able to meet different creators from our different books. And that's always great to put a face to the name, not only for us, but for the creators. Um, Artist Alley, is a great opportunity to meet and greet and talk with all the different talents in comic books and really showing what your company is all about. You know, for Valiant, this has been a very instrumental year. We're in a great growth stage, and it was great for us as a team to be there and to be able to communicate with the industry. You know, normally we frame our episodes around a theme. And the theme for this one would be amazing, and we haven't done this yet, would be how to be a comic book editor 101. A, would you be down to kind of school us on that? And B, is there a particular project that you would prefer to use as an example and walk us through that process? Sure. So why don't we talk about the upcoming Livewire series that Valiant is going to be launching in December by creators Vita Ayala, Raul Allen, Patricia Martin, and Saida Tamafonte. Amazing. So for Livewire, at what point do you get involved in that project uh, from an editorial standpoint? From an editorial standpoint, so as executive editor, I run a team made up of five people in total. Myself, executive editor, Robert Myers, who's the editorial director, Carl Bowler, senior editor, Lisa Hawkins, editor, and David Menchel, assistant editor. And as a team, what we do is we work with the publisher to look at all the different projects, to distribute the projects among the different editors, and then each editor has their books, their lineup that they are responsible for on a day-to-day basis. So for your role, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, um, people management involved, I would imagine. 
it's really working together. Okay. You know, people management sounds so clinical. Right. And it's really about communication with the members of the editorial team. It's about working together. It's about a lot of conversations and exchanging ideas. To some degree, what I like to do is read all of the scripts, but it's really about having people that you trust to work on their books day to day. And then in a variety of meetings throughout the week, whether it's with your team or with other departments, maintaining a sense of the ecosystem of the universe. And in addition to working on the present, we've really planned out far for the future. And in that way, editorial is working with all the different departments in the company. For Livewire specifically, I imagine you were tasked with assigning a particular editor to that project? With Livewire in particular, I wanted to take that one on. I've been a fan of this iteration of Valiant since Harbinger number one. And Livewire has been a longstanding character who was introduced in the Harbinger series. So I have a special affection for her and for all of the Psyots, who are the superhumans from the Harbinger section of the Valiant universe. So that was one that I really wanted to take on, and I'm happy that I was able to do that. Is that a common thing that an executive editor both kind of works with other editors, but also edits directly themselves? That is common. It changes in the degrees from company to company, but that is common. It's really more of an oversight job. And so what you'll find is that if the executive editor is editing books, they're not editing the majority of books. The majority of books is distributed among the entire editorial team, and the executive editor will be responsible for a few titles. And then, you know, upon kind of deciding, okay, I'm going to take on Livewire, at that point in the process, is that from the very, very, very early stages of developing that? Or is there a writer assigned? Like, where in the process are you kind of getting involved? So basically, the first thing to do is once it's decided that there's going to be a live wire series, there are discussions among the editorial group with sales marketing and with the publisher about what are the goals of the character in the universe? Where does Livewire fit into the present and future of Valiant? And what kind of themes do we want to tackle with Livewire? And the Livewire series is a story of redemption. Livewire is a character who, through wanting to protect her community of superpowered psyots, threw the United States into a blackout as a strong statement of defense against the United States governmental military industrial complex. And so when we start the Livewire series, Livewire is public enemy number one, and the character has to go through a redemption arc. So once the positioning and the themes of the character are understood, then what happens is you have to find a writer because it starts with the story. So a select group of writers were propositioned to provide a pitch for Livewire. 
based on those themes being communicated to those writers. Those writers were presented with reference materials from past Valiant Comics core stories featuring Livewire, whose real name is Amanda McKee. And then once the pitches come in, the pitches are evaluated not only by myself as executive editor, but other members of the editorial team. And then once a pitch is picked, then that pitch is discussed with the publisher, sales, and marketing. And that was basically the process. And from that process came the pitch by writer Vida Ayala, which was pretty amazing and compelling. Really a multi-layered character piece. Vida really understood the character of Amanda McKee. And it was something that we felt was really exemplary of Valiant and of the future of Valiant. And so once that pitch was approved, then we go to the outline stage. The outline breaks down issue by issue what is happening. And through an outline, what you get a sense of is character arcs, story arcs, and thematic arcs. So once those are all established and agreed upon, the next thing to do is to pick an artist. And we chose Raul Allen and Patricia Martin, who did an amazing job on Valiant's Secret Weapons miniseries, in which Livewire was a crucial character. So it made perfect sense to have that kind of continuation of the relationship of artists with the Livewire character. So Raul and Patricia came aboard. In picking a letterer, you have to think about which letterer style will work for the character. You have to think about the scale of your story. And so we brought Saida Tamafante to the project. And so right there you have your entire creative team because with Raul and Patricia, they do the black and white as well as the color art. Okay. So they bring that whole package to the table. In a variety of cases, when you're dealing with art, you'll have to find people for each task, a penciler, an inker, a colorist, and a letterer. In the case of Livewire, Raul and Patricia do the penciling, inking, and coloring. So it's almost one-stop shopping. And they have a definite affection for the character. Their style of storytelling really works with the pacing and the storytelling technique that's going to be needed for the saga of Livewire. And so the team has really come together well. There's a lot of preview pages that we've been showing so you can get a sense of what's coming in December. And so once we had the team going, then what happens is you begin the script schedule. The scripts come in. In general, the way Valiant works is, and we tell all our writers, you know, you should expect to do two drafts of any given script because no one's first draft is perfect. I don't care who you are. Right. And so you figure two drafts for any given script. And for the first issue, 
since it's your first time dealing with the character, be open to the possibility of three drafts. Because basically your first time is like anything. I don't care who the character is. You can't just jump in there and get it. You have to develop your comfort zone with the character. You have to get into a rhythm. You have to develop a relationship with them. So there's a difference between having read the story of Livewire over six years and actually having a relationship with the character where you're getting inside the character's head and you are propelling them forward in a narrative. So that's basically how the script production starts. When the script drafts come in, I work closely with the assistant editor on Livewire, David Menchel. We'll both give the script a read, um, bring our notes to the table. Then I have a discussion with the writer, Vita Ayala. We talk about these things. We come up with some ways to make the story better. And the next draft will do that. So the next draft will always be an ante up from the previous draft. And then once a script is approved, that script is given to the art team. And the art team starts working on the script. In schedule, um, what Raul and Patricia do is they lay out the entire book, they lay out the entire story, they design environments in which the characters are going to be acting, so to say, and then they really hit their stride when they're producing the pages because they've already established the environments in a three dimensional space they've already laid out the entire book. So once that's done, once they have that core architecture done, then they can just hit the ground running. And then once pages are finished, those pages are sent to the letterer, Saida Tamofante, and she'll do a pass. And I'll talk with her about things. Things that are important is where you place balloons, where you place captions. Um, typographical errors, explorations of different fonts so that they are complementary with the art style, that they're complementary with the story. And then once that lettering vocabulary is established, then that will be the lettering vocabulary for the series. And then there are various other stages that happen. Covers have to be commissioned early in advance because once the company starts talking about the book publicly, there are images of covers that are going to go out so that people have an advance notice of what they can expect to see when they go into the stores. So this is really the kind of process in a cohesive manner. And each book is different. You know, each book's creative team is different in working with people. Everyone has to get their own rhythm, their own working relationship, their dynamic set up. But once that's all set up, then you really hit the ground running and you're just moving at a forward momentum and it's really exciting. So, you know, comic books are like anything where you have to do the structural work in the beginning to allow you to propel forward and work together as a team. Wow. Would you mind if we dive into a couple of those with some little bit more detailed questions? Sure. Early on, you know, obviously, even before you choose that selection of writers, 
I would imagine there's a prep process for you. What does that prep for you look like? Are you automatically just familiar with it, having read uh, about the character before, or, or what does that look like going into it? So you have to have a level of familiarity in terms of having read previous stories with the characters. So I've been reading about Livewire for a number of years. What's also important is seeking out the counsel of people at Valiant who have extensive knowledge of the continuity. So that involves speaking with members of the editorial team. That involves speaking to people from different departments of the company who have an expert understanding of what the tapestry of the last six years of Valiant looks like. Because as an editor, there are things I need to know that as a former consumer who's been buying Valiant since 2012, that I didn't need to know or that I didn't know because I wasn't behind the scenes. So the kind of extensive knowledge that you need is one that comes from your own familiarity with the material and conversations with people in the company so you can get a pretty well-rounded perspective. And so that was my preparation in terms of the character. The other level of preparation that has to occur is how to choose the writers that you want to pitch for the book that you're editing. And so as an editor, it's very important to be aware of the different creators in the comic book community, the ones that are operating in the space that you operate and ones that operate outside of that space. So Vita Ayala, you know, I first became aware of their work meeting them at San Diego Comic-Con in 2016 and having a conversation and then following up and looking at the various works that they did, uh, notably for DC Comics on Suicide Squad, on Supergirl, and various creator-owned projects for Black Mask, for Vault. And so being familiar with Vita's work, their sensibilities, their approach to writing character, they seem to be a perfect candidate for Livewire and the story that we want to tell with Livewire. So you have to know who's out there because when it's time for you to start developing a project, you need to have an idea of whose narrative voices are complementary with the narrative of the character that you are in charge of telling. When Vita put in their pitch, uh, was there something, you know, I know you mentioned a bunch of qualities about uh, Vita particularly that was great for this character. Was there something specific about the pitch, something memorable that still stands out to you? Was there like a moment or was there anything in particular that, you know, you could even suggest to an aspiring writer to kind of try that in their pitch or anything to that effect? So, you know, two of the cornerstones of Valiant 
as a company are story and character. If you look at any Valiant book, you're going to find a compelling story about a character that in some way you can identify with. You may like the character, you may not like the character, but you will be able to identify with their struggle, their pain, their desire. And in reading Vita's pitch, it was clear that there was an understanding of what a person has to go through to go through an arc, a redemption arc. And as much as it pains us to see our heroes fall and fall hard, like us as human beings, to grow, we have to experience adversity. We have to experience pain so that when muscles are torn and they stitch themselves back together, they come back stronger because they come back having endured adversity, or whether that adversity is heartbreak, whether that adversity is the loss of a loved one, whether that adversity is a primal doubt. And I saw these things in Vita's pitch. I saw pain and I saw a character asking herself some questions and having to face some answers that are uncomfortable. And that kind of feeling, that was something that was essential for this story, for this character at this time. And how much of that pitch ends up in the book? Is it an actual literal, that's what you go with as a concept? Or is that just a proof of concept? The pitch is the architecture for the book. When you start layering it, when you start building the muscular structure, when you start putting layers of skin over it, when you start really designing from the foundation outward, then what happens is other layers are going to reveal themselves. There are going to be some surprises. But in any given story journey, there is a path. And the path is very clear. And the pitch is the path. You know, once the writer is on board, uh, you mentioned a script schedule. Um, and obviously, there's deadlines associated with that. There was a panel uh, that we were watching that was editors on editing. And it was talking about you kind of working with editors and how you kind of manage the, the deadline process with writers. What do those deadlines look like? And then it's always hard to meet deadlines. So how do you kind of manage kind of that role? So one thing that's really important is that the people that you pick to work with you on a project, that you know that they are professionals. So if the most talented writer or artist is known for not being able to make a deadline, that person's value to you is limited because this is a business and monthly books are coming out every 30 to 31 days. And so 
it's important to know that the people that you've brought onto a project have that discipline, have that work ethic. So once that's understood, then basically it's ideal to create a long-term schedule. So when Vita and I were first talking about Livewire, there was a schedule established for eight issues. And the schedules included first draft script delivery, date when the writer can expect feedback from editorial, and delivery of a second draft. So there were three dates for every issue. And it's always good to leave a little padding because we live in a world of chaos. If someone gets sick, if, you know, unfortunately there's a, a, a tragedy in the family and some time needs to be taken away, you never know what's going to happen with one of your creators because your creators are human beings and they're subject to chaos. So it's always good to create a schedule that allows for some padding. And when creating schedules, it's good to work with the marketing and sales departments because scheduling directly connects to what they do for their separate departments and what the departments do together for the company. So long-term scheduling that allows for padding that is inclusive of time for editorial feedback and a second draft is really a good structure to use. As far as the script itself, um, we've heard that there's two types of scripts. There's the, what they call the Marvel script, and then there's the script with uh, description and dialogue. It's actual script. Is that true? And do you guys have a preference? And, you know, why is it that Marvel is known for a Marvel script? I don't know why Marvel was known for that. I don't know if Marvel was the first company that did or if Marvel did it so much as standard operating procedure that the Marvel style became coined as a result of that. Um, the Marvel style is basically the plot without dialogue so that an artist can draw the pages and then those pages are sent to the writer and then the writer writes the dialogue basically looking at the artist's art and to some degree vibing off of that. So that is one way to do it. The full script approach is basically having a script that is inclusive of plot and panel breakdown and dialogue in one shot. And whichever method you use depends on, number one, company comfort with either format and the talent you're working with. So different writers have different methods. Vita Ayala, in working with me for Livewire, has utilized the full script method. So that's a, a choice that you allow uh, Vita to choose, or that's a, you know, how do you approach that conversation? Of It's really good to talk up front with the writer before anything starts. So by understanding what kind of method they use, that determines how you build out a schedule. So in this case, 
Vita chose full script, and I was totally comfortable with that as the editor. So that is the method that's being used for the Livewire book. Obviously, the writer, I believe, is working with you on the script before it even gets to the art, correct? Is there, is there any reason why the artist would get involved any earlier, or is it a very clear, the writer's working with you, you're giving the notes, they're finishing the script, and it moves on, and then the, the writer's kind of no longer involved? Like, well, it's not even quite like that. Something that I did not mention, but I'm glad you said what you said so I can bring it up, is that different companies work different ways. As an editor, I believe that the writers and artists need to be in contact with one another. So once the team is picked, then introductions are done via email or these days via social media. I think Vita introduced themselves to Raul and Patricia via Twitter. So by the time I did the introduction, they were already kind of like cyber pals hugging each other across thousands of miles. (laughs) And I got to the party late. So, um, but it's good for the writer and the artist or artists as the case may be to develop their own relationship because comic books are collaborative process. It's not you do what you do and then this person does what they do and then this person does what they do. It's more of a daisy chain, but it's one that involves people being able to communicate with one another to kind of like develop this synthesis of goals of understanding. So while the scripts are being worked on, the artists are definitely in conversation with the writers just to get into their head because it may help them approach how they're going to tackle the story. No two characters are alike. No two stories are alike. So once the script is done, then the script is passed on to the artist, but the artist and the writer are quite likely very much having conversations. And one of the things that I like about Vita's scripts is that, and this is something that I told a starting writer once, is A script is not something to tell somebody what to do. A script is a conversation that you are having with your collaborator, with your artist. And it's to communicate ideas to them, but it's also to inspire them. So everybody should look at what they're receiving and say, oh, I can't wait to jump into this. I want to do my best here. And so Vita scripts are conversations, and they're pretty good conversations. They're pretty open, and it talks about goals. It talks about inspirations from other media. Um, And so those scripts are the beginning of conversations, collaborative conversations with the artists. And when the artist and the writer are collaborating, as an editor, I imagine your role, you're playing multiple parts in that process. I imagine you're kind of involved in the morale kind of boosting. I imagine your quality control. I imagine you're a referee at times. Is that an accurate way of describing it? Like what's your role kind of in between that conversation? It's basically trafficking and staying out of the way of the creators, right? 
Um, I'm not there to be a referee. I'm not there to be the person who's always looking over everyone's shoulders. But there needs to be a regularity of work coming in. So once you set forth the scheduling expectations, as long as the creators are bringing in the work and it's up to the standards of quality that you're looking for, then you're good. What is always at the core of everyone's responsibility is the story. So if we get to points where the story is not being told, where telling the story has been deprioritized, then that's a point for intervention. But as long as the story is being told, and it's being told well, and it's being told on time, and it's not being phoned in, but it's being told with creativity and love and an emotional investment, we're good here. And that's what you want. And that's why picking creators is one of the hardest things to do in any project. Because when someone goes to a comic book store, first thing they're going to see is the art, right? And the art has to convince them to invest of their money and time into something. And that art has to come from a place of love. Then when you get to the words, that has to come from a place of love. Um, when you're looking at the words, when you're looking at the lettering, the lettering has to communicate tone and character, and it has to be effective while not getting in the way of the artwork. So everyone has to bring some kind of positive energy to it. And as an editor, part of the job is to foster an environment among the creators in which they can do their best work and in which they're happy about what they're doing. When you do have to provide notes, what do an editor's notes look like when you have to give feedback? Um, is that in an email form? Is it in the script itself? Paint the picture, so to speak, of what an editor's notes really look like. Is there an example you could use? Sure. So there are different methods. Um, I do notes in script. Different people have different ways they like to do it. Some people like the track method. The track method is something that has value. I don't personally like the track method. I personally put comments and then I highlight them so that you can visually look at them and see the highlights and say, okay, this is an editorial comment. This is an editorial comment. This is an editorial comment. So they will be within the body of the script. And then usually what I'll do is when I send an email with that script with notes in the email, I'll make a very general statement about what the goals of my notes were. So basically, these notes are to help accomplish this for the story, this, 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 and this. And then what I always say is, if you want to talk further on the phone about it, let's talk about it and you know have a conversation about it because you can put your notes in a script but there's nothing like you talking with a writer and your neurons are firing at the same time <laughs> and then through the conversation you come to a solution and it's like yeah that's it okay go right um 
And those kinds of discoveries can happen more through conversation. Now, of course, it'll also happen with the writer in their own environment, in their own zone. And if that happens and you get that back in the script, that's awesome. But there are different ways to do it. But I make comments in script, in highlights. And David Mencho, my assistant editor, he likes to do track methods. So then when Vita gets a script with both of our comments, that's also distinguishing because then you get two clear perspectives, which kind of make one editorial perspective. And then sometimes Vita will say, okay, well, let's get on the phone and, you know, let's talk more about this. So that will either be Vita or myself or Vita, myself and David on a conference call. And then Vita will do the second draft. And, you know, you want to make sure that the second draft accomplishes what was put forth in the comments from the first draft. And usually that's something that you can tell by reading it. You know, it's not like you have to do this side by side comparison, which is probably a very sterile approach. But it's when you read it and you can tell that these things were changed for the better. And listen, honestly, sometimes writers and editors will not agree, in which case I strongly advocate for phone conversations. If there is something to be um, debated, then I would say get away from the email where things can be misunderstood. Get on the telephone so the two of you can hear each other's tones. And I'm all for the creators that I'm working with convincing me that they have a better way and proving it. And then I'll say, okay, your idea is the better idea. Do that. You know, the better idea is the idea that accomplishes character revelation and development and story in the better way. And that may come from me and that may come from the writer. So wherever it comes from, it's okay. And the best way to discover that is through conversation. And you provide those notes and eventually you get it to a point you're happy with. Where in the process does an editor's job end? Yeah, I think different people will answer that question differently. For me, the job is done when I have a printed copy of the book in my hands. That's when I feel like that issue is done. Um, in another sense, you're looking at it as a long-term project, right? So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a relationship, right? You can't be like, oh, okay, you know, we made it to another anniversary. Shoo, the work is over. It's like, you made it to another anniversary. You're going to wake up the next morning and you're going to continue the journey together again and hopefully make it to another anniversary. And before you know it, you've been together for 10 years. So in one sense, Livewire is an issue-by-issue -issue experience. And in another sense, Livewire is a series experience. and that never leaves you personally. I mean, the only time it may leave you personally is on the weekends. But other than that, and not even for the writers. With the writers, they're living with it all the time, I imagine, because they operate on different schedules. But on an issue-by-issue -issue basis, for me, it's when I have the printed 
um, advanced copy in my hand. That's when I feel like that issue's a wrap. And specifically regarding Livewire now, where are you in the process with it? Is it all completed? Is there work that still needs to be done? And what do we have to look forward to as far as when it comes out and all that? I mean, we're pretty ahead with Livewire, I'm happy to say. And in terms of pages that you've seen, a lot of pages have been revealed for the first issue now and the various covers. So there's a lot of good artwork out there to see for you to get a sense of what the tone of the book is going to be because there are pages out there that are fully colored and lettered. And it's really, in a sense, an opening salvo for this book. That's what the preview is. The preview is like an opening salvo. It's a promise to the retailers and the fans um, existing and new fans to come of what kind of expectations they can have. And so this is going to be a big journey for the character. and. We have enough going on right now that, I mean, if we told you, it would spoil things, right? And no <laughs> one likes, you know, some people like spoilers. I despise spoilers. I don't want to give you spoilers, so no spoilers. But what I can tell you is that she's going to go through a journey, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I guess uh, I have to ask, um, you know, normally... We like to find out a little bit about how you got to this point. I mean, for those aspiring writers, also obviously aspiring editors, how does someone get to a point where they're the executive editor at Valiant? Would you mind just kind of walking us through your, your career trajectory a little bit? Uh, sure. Okay. I'm going to do it really concisely. <laughs> sure. Sure. We are talking about what amounts to a 25-year journey. Oh, wow. Um, so I'll basically do it like that. Um, Started as an intern in Milestone, 1993, um, became a part-time employee, then became a full-time employee, went from being an assistant editor to an editor, would then go to DC Comics, where I was a temp assistant editor, who then became an associate editor, and then became an editor. Left comics for a while, went back, worked at Arkea as an editor, left comics for a while, went back, and I was actually writing comic books and writing columns, uh, most notably for comic book resources, where I was a columnist for a little over two years. And then... Lion Forge brought me on to be a senior editor, and then from there, I spoke with the people at Valiant, some of whom I'd known for a variety of years, and we felt that it would be a great fit, and I became an executive editor there. And so it's really an upward journey, and like any journey, it has its you know peaks and valleys, but what really comes from an accumulation of time is a growing love for comic books, a greater understanding of how the comic book industry works, and developing more relationships with different generations of creators so you can get a sense of the different voices in comics. And every company 
is an adventure in and of itself. So, you know, Valiant is really the culmination of a lot of things in my career. And the great thing is we really have a great team. You know, any company is founded on an ethos and the people who work there. And what we have is a great staff. We have a great group of creators that we've worked with, a new generation of creators we're bringing on board, and a situation in which everybody loves their job and everyone believes in the same thing. So the growth of Valiant is really a collective victory, and that collective victory is also shared by the various fans that have supported Valiant since the beginning and the retailers the retailers who are really out there on the front lines promoting your book, bringing new audiences to your book, um, reading your line of books and understanding what your philosophy is, understanding what your standards of quality are. You know, the industry is really a network of different relationships and participants. And so as I've grown in this industry, the understanding of that and the relationships with the different people in the different parts of the ecosystem grows as well. And then what comes from that is a level of trust and a promise. Based on the career trajectory that you just described, was there a quality that you possessed that you believe kind of helped you? Was there one thing that maybe, or even one word of wisdom for an aspiring editor that you had that kind of helped you, or maybe one work ethic that you'd want to pass along? Well, okay, that's a really tricky one. There's a lot of possible answers to this. Um, love stories. Love stories and understand that stories are the priority. Ego is not the priority. Stories are always the priority. And characters, because basically, you know, these stories are our vehicles for understanding each other, understanding ourselves, and sometimes making it to the next day. Um, I've read so many stories where people say, these comic books changed my life. This character saved my life. And when you understand that as part of a storytelling industry, as a caretaker, you have a big responsibility to take on that responsibility has to come from love. And if we're talking about a quality, I would say an essential quality to being an editor is to be a people person. If you're not a people person, it's going to be very difficult to be a good editor. You can be an excellent story editor, but you have to communicate with people. So you have to be a people person. And those are some of the things that have gotten me to where I am now. And honestly, in any given career, in any given field, you never stop learning. There is no point where you can say, okay, I understand it all. I don't need to learn anything more. It's always a learning process. You have to be open to that. Love that. Um... Are you ready for something we like to call a series of seemingly random questions? Well, I better be because I'm here, so <laughs> fire away. 
All right. So the first one, uh, we've heard that Valiant has announced um, a deal to bring specific comics to the big screen. Uh, I believe Bloodshot and Harbinger. Um, if, let's say, Livewire was to go to the big screen and you were the editor, would you be involved in that process? And are you at all involved in any process, maybe uh, the film side of things? Well, I like to talk optimistically in future talks. So when the Livewire movie happens, I will not be involved in the Livewire movie at all. But the responsibility to make sure that the Livewire stories are the best stories that they can be for that character to inspire screenwriters, a director, producers, all the people involved in making a film. And I mean all the people. If you stick around for credits, there are thousands of people that it takes to make a film. Something to get them up in the morning and do their job. That responsibility is on the editorial team. That responsibility is on all of us at Valiant. So that would be the level of involvement, would be doing my part to make sure that as a member of Valiant, that the live wire story, that the live wire character is an inspiring one. Next uh, question. If you could have dinner with any, well, we say writer, but in this case, we'll, we'll make it an editor or a writer, living or dead, who would you choose and why? Wow. Um, that's a really good question. I would have to say I would want to have dinner with my former mentor and employee, Dwayne McDuffie, who passed away too early and whom I miss a great deal and always had pearls of wisdom to offer. Even though he wasn't the biggest fan of planetary, um, I still loved him to death. So that would be the editor that I would want to sit down with and have dinner the most. Next question. Has anyone ever told you that you can't be an editor or shouldn't be an editor? No one has ever told me those things. There was a time when someone in the industry predicted that my time in the industry was over, and that was 18 years ago. So clearly that person was wrong, but that's okay, because as human beings, we're allowed to be wrong a lot. And the last um, of these questions, what is something about your career or your life that nobody knows? Wow, that nobody knows? Um, that's interesting. That's a tricky one. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know about nobody, but what a lot of people don't know is my editorial career almost died before it began, because what happened was when I went for an internship at Milestone Media, I was interviewed by the editor-in-chief, Dwayne McDuffie, and one of the editors, Matt Wayne. And after I walked out of the interview, I thought I nailed it. I thought, oh, I got this, right? And it turned out that I had, you know, totally blew the interview, like colossally destroyed. (laughs) And a friend of mine, who is now a television producer, his name is Jason Scott Jones, had went to bat for me 
and told them that I had something to offer. And so they ended up giving me a shot. And that was the beginning of my career. But for a long time, I did not realize that a part of my secret origin was totally blowing that interview to hell. It's your origin story there. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's really like comics, right? Because, right. you know, with origins, you're dealing with retroactive continuity. And so that was kind of like an element of retroactive continuity. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess lastly, obviously, you know, I, I know uh, as far as talking projects to plug, Livewire's coming up. We talked a lot of, about that. What about your Twitter handle? Did you want to shout that out or any other projects that you want to talk about? Sure, sure. So, you know, Valiant is really coming out with a lot of great books. In November, we're coming out with Bloodshot Rising Spirit, which is going to be the definitive secret origin of Bloodshot. Um, in December, Livewire, which we've been discussing. And next year, we're going to have a lot of great books coming out. One of the ones we talked about at New York Comic Con is Incursion. And Incursion is going to be a science fiction horror event um, starring the Eternal Warrior and the Geomancer. And so we're really excited about that coming out in the early part of next year. And you're going to be hearing about a lot of things in the next weeks and months, which are really going to speak to the spirit of Valiant, the great characters, and where the company is going to be going going forward. And so you're going to hear a lot about these things on social media. So to segue to that, as you asked, um, I can be found at Joseph P. Illich on Twitter, Joe Illich on Facebook. Illmaster1 on Instagram. You can find Valiant on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And the main website is valiantentertainment.com. Amazing. Well, I think that's it, uh, Joseph. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was a first for us, like I said, uh, talking to an editor. But I think we're going to have to have more editors on. This was like really fun. That would be great. Um, thank you very much. I was honored to be the first. And yeah, we're a great community. So let this be the beginning of a whole new wave of interviews for y'all. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks again. And thank you to our listeners. We hope to uh, see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at WriterExp. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.